there are a lot of podcasts on the internet that are predictable. Talking about the same things on every show. We do things a little different here. This is the Pyro Factor. The the Pyro Factor. From conspiracy theories to sports to news, politics, current events. If it's happening, Michael is talking about it. Real, Real, raw, raw. and proudly controversial. Let's do the damn thing. This is the Pyro Factor. And now your host, Michael Grace. Welcome to another episode of The Pyro Factor. I'm your host, Michael Grace. I'm going to tell you right now, straight off the bat, today we're going to talk about some very controversial things. We're going to talk about reparations. It's a pretty sensitive subject, and I'm sure I'm probably going to piss some people off. I might make sense to some people. These are not all of my opinions. These are the opinions of professionals all over the world that done studies on this stuff for years and years since it started coming about. But why are we talking about slavery reparations again? Why has this hot-button topic made its way back into the national spotlight? Now, I'll tell you, like most Americans, I am sickened by the specter of slavery, and I understand the horrors that it wreaked on African Americans generations ago. Most of us are painfully cognizant of slavery's ugly legacy, but to once again resurrect the idea of paying off a current generation of black people for the sins committed by white people and others decades ago makes no sense at all to me. I think it's ridiculous. Don't understand the concept. If you think about it and do some research like I have, the issue of slavery reparations dates to the Civil War and has always been fraught with controversy. It is back in the news again because the House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Constitution, Civil Rights, and Civil Liberties recently heard testimony on a piece of legislation. It's called H.R. 40, if you want to research it. And H.R. 40 proposes the creation of a federal commission to study reparations and recommend remedies for the harm that's caused by slavery and the discriminatory policies that followed. And here's the crazy thing. Under the bill, the United States would have to formally apologize for the institution of slavery, like they're going to come out and say, hey, we're sorry. So, I mean, I don't know. I predict this will stir up plenty of controversy and hard feelings, but ultimately go nowhere, as usual, because that's the way that our politicians in the United States work. We are already seeing some serious troubling signs of companies pursuing misguided efforts related to issues of race. Let's look at Coca-Cola. They recently came under fire for a diversity training program that essentially asked its white employees to be less white, whatever that means, to help eliminate racism. Now, how are you going to be less white? This is going to make people mad, but I wish some people would be less black. Okay? Sadly, this reflects absurd liberal actions that, I mean, they demoralize black Americans into self-pity 
this is my opinion, right now it is, while doing nothing to help them. Instead, people should feel free to be who they are and accept other people for who they are and their beliefs or life choices, especially given that we are all children of God. Now, I know for some of you, it is a tough pill to swallow to let people who they want to be accept them for who they are, the way they dress, what they believe in. That is a tough pill for some people. They want to be more vocal about it than to ignore it and let those people live their lives. I can be like that sometimes. It's horrible. Reparations, like diversity training, will encourage more divisiveness. That's what I think anyways. Something we need far less of these days because we're extremely divided. One of my podcasts was on a divided America. And reparations is just going to help that. When everyone is quick to err on the side of outrage, that's usually when it occurs. If the Black Lives Matter movement and the inequities caused by COVID-19 did not already create a big enough split in our bitterly divided society, well, the continued demand for slavery reparations will finish the fucking job, that's for sure. In fact, the results of a recent Associated Press poll indicated 74% of black Americans now favor reparation payments. 85% of white Americans oppose them. I mean, the split, if you think about it, is staggering. So, will what we fulfill the pledge of President Biden, the Democrats, to bring about unity in America? Do you think we can do that? Will we ever have unity in America? Will we ever see eye to eye on anything if you're not from one side or the other? I mean, isn't it time to move forward from this ugly chapter in history and look to our future as Americans? What's going to happen for our children and our children's children? This ugly chapter in history is terrible. Again, it's for our future Americans, which I believe is bright. But paying cash reparations using taxpayer funds is absurd. The practice would spark substantial blowback from white Americans who had nothing to do with the sins of their forefathers. Now let's think about this. How can all Americans in the 21st century be held financially responsible for the actions of a subset of Americans hundreds of years ago? I mean, this concept makes no fucking sense from start to finish. The first slave ship arrived in Jamestown, Virginia, about 400 years ago. How does that make our white neighbors responsible for the reprehensible actions of these greedy slavers centuries ago? Most blacks today do not even know anyone who was even related to someone who was a slave. <laughs> Seriously, think about it. An apology for slavery might help the country move on. I don't think so. But adding a price tag to that apology would be sheer bullshit. I mean, first of all, how can anyone ever calculate a cost for the long-term effects of slavery? What criteria would you use to figure the damages? Who would determine the criteria and how would the money be distributed? Do you think individuals or families receive a one-time payment or would reparations be distributed over time? 
yeah, we're going to give you an extra 1500 bucks for the rest of your fucking life. Would the money be distributed based on need or would everyone receive the same amount? How could the involved parties ever agree on a dollar amount for the societal effects of slavery? We'll look into this a little more right after this quick commercial break from Geico. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the wacky waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the shower head running. Nope. It's the wacky waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall. Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to Geico.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local Geico office. All right, we're back, and we're going to continue our conversation about reparations. We were talking about how people were going to get paid, if you could even figure that out. But actually, I think the conversation over reparations is just going to further divide Americans at a time when we're more than ever do we need to come together. I mean, we know that American history is composed of the good, the bad, and the ugly, so why do we continue to focus on the ugly? We really need to leave this, I call, horrendous chapter in the past where it belongs. What's more, no white person living today ever owned a slave. And not all the blacks living in the United States today are descendants of slaves. The Civil War was fought over the practice of slavery. Thousands died to end this barbaric practice I think that price tag was high enough not to talk about the Emancipation Proclamation. I mean, reparations will become little more than a government money grab for most. That's the way I look at it. Look at welfare. Welfare hasn't done anything for us. You say that it does, but it's actually killing the country and keeping people from wanting to work. But we won't get into welfare. I think pursuing this path is just a waste of time when so many other pressing issues face the black community. It also sets up a dangerous dynamic of raising expectations for something that likely will never happen. The subject of slavery reparations has come up every year since 1989, and it's never passed. I mean, I really think we need to put this in the past forever and look to the future. We're going to talk a little bit about a guy named David Horowitz. I'm going to give you his opinion on this. David Horowitz, now, at one time he was a, a former Marxist, okay? But he's now described as being conservative. David Horowitz described himself as a defender of gays and alternative lifestyles. He's a moderate on abortion, and a civil rights activist. I'm just giving you a little background on this guy before I talk to you about what he says about reparations and how he feels about certain things. Horowitz opposes Barack Obama. He doesn't like illegal immigration, doesn't like gun control, doesn't like Islam, criticized the Palestinians. He claimed their goal was to wipe out the Jews from the Middle East He's endorsed presidents Ronald Reagan, George Bush, and Donald Trump. Anyways, enough of Horowitz. That's a little bit of his background. 
My point being that he came up with 10 reasons why he thinks reparations are a bad idea. And I can't say that I necessarily don't disagree if that came out right. But let's talk about it. Number one, Horowitz says there is no simple group clearly responsible for the crime of slavery. Black Africans and Arabs were responsible for enslaving the ancestors of African Americans. There were 3,000 black slave owners in the antebellum United States. Are reparations to be paid for their descendants too? Nope, I don't think so. Number two, there is no one group that benefited exclusively from its fruits. The claim of reparations is premised on the false assumption that only whites have been benefited from slavery. If slave labor created wealth for Americans, and obviously it has created wealth for black Americans as well, including the descendants of slaves, he says, the GNP of black America is so large that it makes the African-American community the 10th most prosperous nation in the world. American blacks, on average, enjoy per capita incomes in the range of 20 to 50 times that of blacks living in any of the African nations from which they were kidnapped. Again, coming right from an op-ed from David Horowitz. Number three, only a tiny minority of white Americans ever owned slaves, and others gave their lives to free them. Only a tiny minority of Americans ever owned slaves. This is true even for those who lived in the antebellum South, where only one white in five was a slaveholder. Why should their descendants owe a debt? What about the descendants of the 350,000 Union soldiers who died to free the slaves? They gave their lives. What possible moral principle would ask them to pay through their descendants again? Number four. America Day is a multi-ethnic nation, and most Americans have no connection, direct or indirect, to slavery. The two great waves of American immigration occurred after 1880 and then after 1960. So what rationale would require Vietnamese boat people, Russian refugees, Iranian refugees, and American victims of the Turkish persecution Jews, Mexicans, Greeks, or Polish, Hungarian, Cambodian, and Korean victims of communism to pay reparations to American blacks. Probably need to read that whole other number four again if you didn't catch it. But the bottom line is, is why should they have to pay reparations to American blacks? Ridiculous. Number five, the historical precedents used to justify the reparations claimed do not apply, and the claim itself is based on race, not injury. It's not about how they suffered physically. It's how they suffered mentally. The historical precedents, he says, generally invoked to justify the reparations claim are payments to Jewish survivors of the Holocaust, Japanese Americans, and African American victims of racial experiments in Tuscany or racial outrages in Rosewood and Oklahoma City. But in each case, the recipients of reparations were the direct 
victims of the injustice of their immediate families. This would be the only case of reparations to people who were not immediately affected and whose sole qualification to receive reparations would be racial. As has already been pointed out during the slavery era, many blacks were free men or slave owners themselves. Yet the reparations claimants make no distinction between the roles blacks actually played in the injustice itself. This guy Randall Robinson's got a book on reparations called The Debt, which is the manifesto of the reparations movement. It's pointedly subtitled, What America Owes to Blacks. If this is not racism, what is? It's the name of the book. Six, the reparations argument is based on the unfounded claim that all African-American descendants of slaves suffered from the economic consequences of slavery and discrimination. There's no evidence-based attempt anywhere that has been made to prove that living individuals have been adversely affected by a slave system that was ended over 150 years ago. But there's plenty of evidence, the hardships that occurred, were hardships that individuals could and did overcome. The black middle class in America is a prosperous community that is now larger in absolute terms than the black underclass. Does it, I'm sorry about that part. Does its existence not suggest that economic adversity is a result of failures of individual character rather than the lingering after effects of racial discrimination? and a slave system that ceased to exist well over a century ago. Man, he's got a lot of great points. Number seven, the reparations claim is one more attempt to turn African Americans into victims. It sends a damaging message to African American community. He says a renewed sense of grievance, which is what the claim for reparations will inevitably create is neither a constructive nor helpful message for black leaders to be sending into the communities and to others. To focus the social passions of African Americans on what some Americans may have done to their ancestors 50 or 150 years ago is to burden them with a crippling sense of victimhood. I mean, how are the millions of refugees from tyranny, and genocide who are now living in America going to receive these claims. Moreover, except as demands for special treatment and extravagant new handout that is only necessary because some blacks can't seem to locate the ladder of opportunity within reach of others, many less privileged than themselves. Eight, he says reparations to African Americans have already been paid. Since the passage of the Civil Rights Act and the advent of the Great Society in 1965, he says trillions of dollars in transfer payments have been made to African Americans in the form of welfare benefits, racial preferences and contracts, job placements and educational admissions, all under the rationale of readdressing historic racial grievances. It is said that reparations are necessary to achieve a healing between African Americans and other Americans. If trillion-dollar restitutions and a wholesale rewriting of American law in order to accommodate racial preferences for African Americans is not enough to achieve a healing, then what will? Will we ever get there? 
Number nine, what about the debt blacks owe to America? Slavery existed for thousands of years before the Atlantic slave trade was born in all societies. But in the thousand years of existence, there never was an anti-slavery movement until white Christians, Englishmen, and Americans created one. If not for the anti-slavery attitudes and military power of white Englishmen and Americans, the slave trade would have not been brought to an end. If not for the sacrifices of white soldiers and a white American president who gave his life to sign the Emancipation Proclamation, Abraham Lincoln, blacks in America would still be slaves. If not for the dedication of Americans of all ethnicities and colors to a society based on the principle that all men are created equal, blacks in America would not enjoy the highest standard of living of blacks anywhere in the world, and indeed one of the highest standards of living of any people in the world. They would not enjoy the greatest freedoms and the most thoroughly protected individual rights anywhere. He says, where is the gratitude of black America and its leaders or those gifts? One more time, this is an op-ed from David Horowitz. You don't have to agree with him or disagree with him. You can just listen. Number 10, the reparations claim is a separatist idea that sets African Americans against the nation that gave them freedom to begin with. Blacks were here before the Mayflower. Who is more American than the descendants of African slaves? For the African American community, excuse me, for the African American community to isolate itself even further from America is to embark on a course whose implications are troubling. Yet the African-American community has had a long-running flirtation with separatists, nationalists, and the political left. They want African-Americans to be no part of America's social contract. African-Americans should reject this temptation. For all America's faults, African-Americans have an enormous stake in their country and its heritage. It is this heritage that is really under attack by the reparations movement. The reparations claim is one more assault on America conducted by racial separatists and the political left. It's an attack not only on white Americans, but on all Americans, especially African-Americans. America's African-American citizens are the richest and most privileged black people alive a bounty that is a direct result of the heritage that is under assault now. The American idea needs the support of its African-American citizens, but African-Americans also need the support of the American idea. For it is this idea that led to the principles and institutions that have set African-Americans and all of us free. We'll be right back with my final thoughts after this commercial break. The Mercedes-Benz Winter Event is back. And you won't want to stop for anything else. Ah! 
Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. All right, we're back. Thank you, Mercedes-Benz. Appreciate that. I've driven a Mercedes-Benz. They're pretty damn nice. I got a buddy who's got two of them if you're interested in buying one. Anyways, my final thoughts on this are I don't necessarily agree with reparations. Uh, I work my ass off, and I don't want my tax dollars going to somebody who has a really, really good job because they need extra money because somebody 150 years ago that they don't even know picked cotton. Now, I don't mean to sound insensitive because I'm sure there's a lot of pros of this whole topic. If I had another 30 minutes, maybe we talk about the pros of it. I'm sure they're out there. And these aren't all my opinions. A lot of these opinions that I talked about today, David Horowitz, op-eds from the New York Times all over the place. Just giving you a little taste of it because it's been in the media. It's everywhere. You can't get away from it. They keep bringing it back up. Anyways, discuss it. Talk about it. Look into it. Do your own research. Don't worry about what I say. You have access to the internet and Google and all that stuff. So do what you need to do. Find out. Educate yourself. That's always the best thing. Again, I appreciate everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If I offended anybody, ah, fuck, I'm sorry about that. Get over it. You can always hit the stop button anytime you want during one of my podcasts. But I hope that you listen to the entire thing because I try to give you a little insight on both sides of stuff. Thank you again for listening. Hope you guys have a great Christmas. Enjoy. Peace out.